the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you're looking for some kind of rest, you can only find true rest in the one who made you. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 22, and I entitled this message, Voices. We must not look for refuge and safety in any place outside of the arms of our gracious and merciful God. That's why David, when he was running from Saul, he said this in Psalm 18.1. He says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. He's my God and my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And I am saved from my enemies. I mean, how do you write something like that when you're on the run for your life? When the king and all the armies are trying to trace you down. And what does David say? Oh, yeah? God is my rock. He is my strength. See, we must cling to this. This is why the Old Testament has been written. It says in Romans 15, 4, it says, These things have been written for our instruction so that we could find hope. So if you're, if you're fearing and you're afraid and you don't know what to do and I don't know where to turn next, it's like, do what David did. Find God as your stronghold. Find him as your refuge. Let the Lord God be your rock. I wonder where we find our refuge when we're down and out. For it certainly cannot be found back in the areas of sin that we once were entrapped to. That's why we cannot go back to what used to leave us empty in the past before we came to Christ. If there's anyone here who's desperate here tonight, and you're looking for refuge, if you're looking for sanctuary, if you're looking for some kind of rest, you can only find true rest in the one who made you. That's the only place you're going to find it. That's why David said in Psalm 18, you, Lord, are my strength, my rock, my fortress, my refuge. This is why out of all of the noise that was around us here today, which again, there's a lot of noise, out of all the groups that are trying to vie for our attention here, there is no greater voice to listen to than the voice of God as you're reading his word. We'll read here in 1 Samuel 22, verse 3. And it says, And David went from there to Mizpah 
of Moab. And he said to the king of Moab, Please let my father and my mother come and stay with you until I know what God will do for me. Then he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him all of the time that David was in the stronghold. And the prophet Gad said to David, Do not stay in the stronghold. Depart and go into the land of Judah. So David departed, and he went into the forest of Hereth. We'll stop there for a moment. Now, notice, David knew the wickedness of King Saul. Let's not forget, up to this point, King Saul, David was sitting in his presence a couple different times as his military leader. King Saul grabbed the spear and tried to harpoon and pin David to the wall, trying to turn him into a piece of sushi, okay? So he tried to kill him already twice. So David knew, again, the wickedness of King Saul. For once we allow the enemy to control our thoughts, anything is possible. David understood that his family was not safe. So he asked a favor of the king of Moab. And for you Bible students out here tonight, David had some Moabite blood in him. Oh, yeah? How is that? I thought he was a Hebrew. He was a Jew. He was. But he had a little piece of Moab blood in him. For his great-grandmother was Ruth. And she was a Moabitess. She married, as you remember, Boaz. And they had a son. And they named their son Obed. Why did they name him Obed? I have no idea. They looked in his eyes and said, Obed. It looks like an Obed. I guess. I don't know. But he named him Obed. And then when Obed grew up, he had a son and he named him Jesse, and Jesse was David's father. David wanted to make sure his family was safe. Then in verse 5, God raised up this prophet named Gad to be a voice of reason and a voice of wisdom. I wonder how many of you need to be a voice of wisdom and a voice of reason to those that are around us. If we are Christians, then we should be that voice of wisdom and that voice of reason to many people around us. For David, Gad was actively involved with David from this point on. Again, I wonder if you have someone in your life or if you are that someone who is that constant voice of godly wisdom. Someone who you can talk to. Maybe you need that person of wisdom. Maybe that's why you need to look around a little bit and maybe not run out of church so quickly and build relationships with people so that you have those other voices of wisdom, the other voices of reason. For David, again, Gad was that man. He was that person. And we need that constant voice of wisdom. Someone who we can be around. Someone who we can get counsel from. Someone who can pray for us and we can pray for them. There are many joys in coming to church again. We can freely worship the Lord as we have this wonderful worship team that has assembled here at Core Church. And we can come and worship. And then we are challenged with God's Word since we don't compromise in the teaching of God's Word here as we walk through the Word of God. But don't miss out on the third most important thing about going to church. It's about the fellowship. 
comes from the Greek word koinonia. It's an intimate fellowship. It's where you should get to know other people around you, other believers. That's why we're told to not forsake the assembling of the brethren. We're not to oppose coming to church. Hebrews 10.24 says, We are to come together and stimulate one another to love and good deeds. We should do all of this uh, seeking godly friendships. And let's not forget how important those true godly friendships are. We're told in Proverbs 27.5, Better is an open rebuke than love that is concealed. So it's better for someone to just tell you the truth about something than to just hold it back. He goes on to say in verse 6 of Proverbs 27, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. See, an enemy won't tell you the truth. An enemy will stab you in the back. They'll tell you what you want to hear to your face, and then they'll talk about you behind your back. You ever had that happen? Someone's your friend, and then you find out that they told your secrets that you shared your heart with. It's like, oh, yeah, that's why he says, you know, better is the rebuke of a friend. Because a friend will tell you the truth. See, the truth isn't always what you want to hear. See, the truth sometimes hurts, but a friend will tell you the truth. So when you're wearing your striped shirt and your polka-dotted uh, you know, skirt, ladies, and, and, and your plaid socks, that's where your girlfriend says, um, did you get dressed in that closet with the lights turned out? You know, because, see, that's what a true friend does. They'll tell you the truth. That's a godly friend. Remember, Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We need to be around other godly men and other godly women. Yes, no one is an island. We all need godly friends. It's been said, friends are people who know us really well, and they still like us. Mm -hmm. Yes, Gad was a man who became a close friend of David, a man who shared words of wisdom with him from their mutual God. We should all have, again, friends like that. Here's a big text here, but just listen here as you can follow along here. 1 Samuel 22, 6. Then Saul, this is King Saul, who's filled with jealousy, rage, and envy. King Saul heard that David and the men who were with him had been discovered. Now Saul was sitting at Gibeah under the tamarisk tree on the height with his spear in his hand, and all his servants were standing around him. And Saul said to his servants who stood around him, Hear now, O Benjamites, will the son of Jesse, talking about David, he won't even say his name, also give to all of you fields and vineyards? Will he make you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? For all of you have conspired against me, so that there is no one who discloses to me when my son, talking about his son Jonathan, makes a covenant with the son of Jesse, talking about David, and there is none of you who are sorry for me or discloses to me that my son has stirred up my servant against me to lie in ambush as this day. So he's moaning and groaning, griping and complaining here to his own men because you know what? His own men had a loyalty to David because he was a warrior and they knew it. And they knew David was guilty of nothing and that Saul was jealous. So anyway, he's dogging his own men. But here comes verse 9. Here comes the evil. Then Doeg, the Edomites, 
who was standing by the servants of Saul said, I saw the son of Jesse, talking about David, coming to Nob, to Abimelech, the son of Ahitub. This is, the, this is one of the priests. And he inquired of the Lord of him, and he gave him provisions, and gave him the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. Then the king sent someone to summon Ahimelech, the priest, the son of Ahitub, and all his father's household, and the priests who were in Nob, and all of them came to the king. Saul said, listen now, son of Ahitub. He answered, here I am, my Lord, like how can I serve you? Saul then said to him, why have you and the son of Jesse, talking about David, conspired against me in that you have given him bread and the sword that you have acquired of God for him? And so he would rise up against me uh, by lying in ambush as it is his day. So why did you help him out? Wow. See, we need to get out the box of tissues here for King Saul as he pours out his sob story to his men. Nobody's for me. Everybody's against me. Nobody told me my own son Jonathan was helping David. Actually, his heart is so filled with hate and disdain for David, he won't even say his name. And yes, Jonathan did help him because he was trying to reason with his dad like that. Why are you wanting to kill David? He's done nothing but help you. He's a servant. He has conquered the enemies. It's like you should be rewarding this guy. And then what did Saul do to his own son? He tried to harpoon him to the wall, tried to kill his own son. Yes, he's just lost his mind here. Verse 9, everyone has conspired against poor little old me, he says. But again, the reality is this. Everyone's torn here because, yes, Saul technically is still the king. Yet everybody can see the obvious hand of God all over David. He slayed Goliath the giant. They all watched it. David has conquered the enemies of Israel. They all watched it. He's the national hero. And Saul is a jealous, unrepentant man whose heart is getting farther and farther away from the Lord. Well, nobody seemed to buy into Saul's whining rant, except for this dog named Diog. He is a dog too. He is a dog, this guy. We must be careful because the devil always has a messenger of evil in every place. Be careful. There's always a messenger of evil around to turn its back on us. Yes, even in the church. And so it was with Doag the dog. Understand, he was there when David went to the priest for some bread and Goliath's sword. And now he rats David out. Notice, none of the other men said anything. They didn't say anything. They weren't going, yeah, king, yeah, we're, we hear you. Yeah, no, they're just completely silent. That's because they all had David's back. But this Edomite, he's a descendant of Esau, Jacob's brother, who turned his back on his own faith and became ashamed to his own parents, Isaac and Rebekah. 
And he throws David right under the bus. And if that wasn't bad enough, he said in verse 10, and he made it sound like the priest was working with David against the king, which he wasn't. Not at all. What happened was this. David came to the priest and he lied to the priest and he said, I am going on a secret mission for the king, which was a total lie so that the priest would give him some bread. David asked for some bread and a sword. And the priest said, well, we have some of this bread that was offered to the Lord. Oh, and by the way, we got one sword here. It's over there in the corner. That was from Goliath, who you slew and killed. Well, the truth doesn't matter to the voice of evil, does it? Truth doesn't matter. You see it happening in the news all the time. I mean, it's amazing. These political parties are lying all the time. And they don't even care anymore. They just lie, lie, lie. You know, it's like these are wicked agents of the enemy. They're instruments in the hand of Satan. This is why, as Christians, we're to be loving and kind. We are to be honest and trustworthy, but we are not to be gullible idiots. Did you get that? We're not to be gullible idiots, for there are many people in this world today that will take advantage of those that are too trusting of individuals. It's like it happens all the time. You know, you go there and... Yeah, as soon as I go to a car lot, I'm looking at a car or something like that. And as soon as they say, well, what do you do for a living? And I, well, I pastor a church. Oh, hey, brother, how's it going? You know, all of a sudden they're ultimate Christian now. You know, they're, yeah, well, God bless you. And, you know, they just want to sell a car. I'm not saying that there isn't Christian salesmen out there. I was a salesman of construction equipment and I was a Christian and I handled it that way. But a lot of people will try to take advantage of you and they'll start dropping a little Christian lingo on you just to make you sign the bottom line and then you realize later. We are to be wise as serpents here. See, we're reminded what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 16. I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be as shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. And it's like, I always double-check everything. It's like, you tell me whatever you want to tell me, but I'm going to double-check it and make sure that's true. And I'm going to read the contract. I'm going to read exactly what I'm signing for here. Well, Saul sins for the priests. And in verse 13, he accuses him of helping David plan an ambush against the king. This is a ridiculous false charge, which brings up our final point here, an act of wickedness. You're not going to believe what happens here. It's just crazy. So it says, then Ahimelech answered the king and said, and who among all your servants is as faithful as David? Like he's trying to bring reason back to the king. Like, look, I don't even know what you're talking about here. I wasn't conspiring. Like, I, I don't even know what you're talking about here, but can I just say one thing here, king? Who has been more faithful to you than David? He's been the most faithful. Even the king's son-in-law. He's your son-in-law. He married your daughter, by the way. This is the guy you're trying to kill here, who is a captain over your guard, over all of your armies, because you put him in charge. And he's honored in your house. Like, what happened? Did I just begin to inquire of God for him today? Far be it from me, he said. Do not let the king impute anything to his servant or to any of the household of my father. For your servant knows nothing of this whole affair. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't conspiring with David or anything. But the king said, you shall surely die. 
to the priest. Really? You're going to kill God's man? Are you serious? He says, you shall surely die. This is craziness. So then he goes on and he says, Himelech, you and all your father's household, not just you, but your whole household. Verse 17. And the king said to the guards who were attending him, turn around and put the priests, plural, all the priests here of the Lord to death because their hand also is with David and because they knew that he was fleeing and they did not reveal it to me. But the servants of the king were not willing to put forth their hands and attack the priests of the Lord. Yeah, like, they're like, what? You want us to kill all the priests? No. So all of his army, all of his men there. No, we're not going to do that. Then the king said to Doag, the dog, you turn around and attack the priests. And Doag, the Edomite, turned around and attacked the priests. And he killed that day 85 men who wore the linen, the linen ephod. Wow. Wow. What just happened here? See, I started off saying at the beginning, one of the greatest things that Satan has done is made people think like he doesn't really exist. Like people will believe, okay, yeah, okay there's a God maybe, and, but is there really a devil? Is there really a resident evil in this world that is just churning things? Yes. Yes, there is. See, David knew when he lied to the priest, because you go back there in the chapter 21, it says he looked and Doag was there. And he knew something bad was going to come of that. But notice in verse 14, God speaks through this priest trying to, again, make sense to King Saul. As he said, you know, no one's as faithful as David in your kingdom. That's why you made him captain of your guard. Yet Saul, not wanting to deal with the truth, commands his men to kill him, which of course they say, are you serious? Of course not. But then this Edomite dog, he does. And he kills 85 priests. If you go into the next verse, verse 19, he also killed many more men, women, and children. This is crazy. It's insanity. David said in Psalm 52, too, he says, O worker of deceit, God will break you down forever. He will snatch you up and tear you away. People will reap what they sow. Adolf Hitler had a field day killing six million Jews. But then what happened? Germany was completely conquered and squashed and mutilated. And Hitler is dead. So people will have their field day for a moment and God will always bring it back on them. There'll always be those that'll carry out acts of wickedness. This is why we must be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. Let's remember as we end here, when we listen to the voice of jealousy and envy, it will always turn to evil. And this is why recognizing the evil times that we're in. Jesus, it'll be like in the days of Noah. We are living in that time now. And this is why it's so important for all of us to be that voice of reason in this world. Because outside of God, things are going to continue to go more and more crazy. And that's why we need 
to strengthen one another with staying together as the body of Christ. When we as the body of Christ are close together, when we stick close together, we become hot and we become on fire for the Lord. If you start running a solo pilot thing, you'll grow cold and and, and you'll fall away. But you know, this is why it's so important to have men of wisdom, voices of wisdom around you. Ladies, voices of wisdom with other ladies, men with men, women with men, women, and growing together. And when you're having a hard time, when things are coming against you, you have someone to call, hey, pray for me, I'm having a difficult time here. And that's how we stay hot together. And trust me, brothers and sisters, soon and very soon, the Lord is coming back. And it's not going to get better before he comes back. It's going to get worse. So we know he's coming back, right? So Maranatha, it's an old saying. It means Jesus is coming. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.